Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, Jeremiah here. Welcome to another episode of Board Games Daily. We've got a little bit of a mishmash of an episode for you today. We've got a few segments from AJ that are a little older that just didn't make it into previous episodes. A little bit of chat about Origins, a little bit of chat about Raids from Yellow Games, as well as Scythe from Stonemeyer Games. Also, uh, it's What Did You Play Monday? So AJ and I are going to be talking about uh, High Society and Dungeon Raiders. Also, uh, Firestone's going to chime in a little bit about some of that as well. So buckle up, stay tuned, jump on board with us today. Thanks for listening to Board Games Daily. Of course, this show is brought to you by theologyofgames.com where you can find all sorts of cool stuff about the board gaming industry including news interviews and reviews of the latest and hottest board gaming uh stuff that's happening so i'm going to stop talking about this episode so we can get into it thanks for listening hey everybody welcome back to board games daily powered by theology of games this is AJ Skifstad, and today we're going to talk a little bit more about some things we discovered at Origins Game Fair, which was a couple weeks ago. It was fantastic. We saw a lot of great stuff, so we're going to talk more about that and some more updates on Kickstarter. What's hitting Kickstarter and what's coming to a close on Kickstarter? Some things you might want to get in on at the last second. But for now, let's talk about some stuff we saw at Origins. One of the games I want to talk to you about today is a game called Raids by Yellow Games. Now, they came out with a couple new games. Decrypto, which has been out for a while now, was one of their hot sellers at Origins because a lot of people were seeing it for the first time, even though it's been out. Um, and also, they had a game called The Legend of the Cherry Tree that blooms every 10 years. Uh, that's quite a mouthful for a game <laughs> title, but uh, some people were having fun with that one. But the one I want to discuss today is Raids. The reason I like Raids was because of the similarities that it had with other games. And so Raids is basically a game where you're Vikings and you're moving around this uh, kind of big island or I don't know if it's an island in the middle of the board, but but you're moving around in a circle along the sea and you're hitting up the, you know, it is islands. You're hitting up these islands on the outskirts of the sea as you go around it. And every space has something on it, an item located on it. Maybe it's more hall storage. Maybe it's another Viking that's going to join your ship. Maybe it's a monster that you can defeat for victory points. Um, All sorts of cool stuff. Maybe it's like some sort of bonus enhancement where it's like you get two points for every Viking on your ship when you make it around. You play for three ages. So it's kind of got this Jamaica feel where you're racing around the island. But you don't just want to race around the island and get there first. There is a bonus for getting there first. But what's going to happen is you're going to pick stuff up along the way, and the goal is to raid these islands. Now, just because you're the first one there doesn't mean you get to pick something up. Sometimes it does, but in most cases, you have to be the last one to get to that spot and survive that spot to take that item. Everybody has to pass you in order for you to be able to pick up that item that you want to get or to fight that monster that you want to fight. It was a really cool game because the tiles are laid out. They're, they're hidden at first, 
Uh, and then you flip them all on every space around the circle of islands. And then you start making your way around the island. You can move as much as you want on your turn, but the trick is, is uh, the last person in line gets to keep moving. So it's got that kind of like patchwork kind of feel. If you're behind, you get to go again. And so you don't just want to race ahead to get something, especially because you have to be the last one there to actually pick it up. Getting there first just lays claim to it. Maybe there's a, a reward bonus for getting there first, but you don't get to pick it up until, until everybody's past you. So it's got this really unique element to it. What happens though when you get around the island the first time or around the board the first time is you start another age. The monsters get harder, the loot gets better, and then you go around another time and you start like a third age. The monsters get harder and the loot gets better, the game intensifies. It's a really cool game. I think it plays four to five play, or excuse me, three to five players. And I had a really good time playing this game, Raids by Yellow Game. The artwork was great. Kind of felt like Jamaica with that patchwork movement. Um, it was it was just a really bright, colorful game. I liked it a lot. It's nice and lightweight, but entertaining, and it plays pretty quickly. So if you want a game that's like that, this is the one for you. Raids by Yellow Games. All right, welcome back to Board Games Daily. Before um, we talk about what's hitting Kickstarter and what's leaving Kickstarter, I wanna talk about something I picked up at Origins and I played for the first time. Um, I typically don't jump on the bandwagon when there's a really hot game. And uh, this game certainly was not uh, catching my eye enough at the time when it was hot to buy it for $80. And I had an opportunity at Origins to pick it up for 50 bucks. I thought that's a pretty good deal for a game that was as hot as this uh, a year and a half ago. So I think I'll pick it up and see if the hype was worth it. And so I know, hold your breath because you won't believe that uh, Gamer has not played this yet, but I truly have not played it. And well, I played it now twice, but I had not played it up until this point. And I wanna give you my two cents, even though you guys have yours already. Um, Scythe, I picked up Scythe. For, for the first time I played it, I played it twice now. Um, I really, really like this game. Really, really good. I love getting my engine going in this game, getting workers out there, getting mechs out there. Uh, and as I do that, I get more resources, more mech bonuses, and I'm able to do the top and bottom actions of my player boards. I love it. I love it when I bring those um, upgrades down from my top player board to my the bottom of my player board. That's really, really fun. I think this game was very well designed. I also feel like all the characters are really, really well balanced. Everybody has a special ability, but nobody's special ability I think is far superior to others. I think this game is very well balanced. That said, okay, let me say this one more time. I really like this game. I think it's really fun. With that said, I don't think it's spectacular. I don't think it's extraordinary. I wasn't uh, thinking that this is the best game that I've ever played. Uh, I wasn't thinking that this is a game that I need to hit my table every week. I think I need this game to hit my table, you know, once every three months, <laughs> mostly so that I can remember the rules. But um, I really like Scythe, but I don't know if uh, the hype that it got was necessarily deserved. So it was a really good game. Stonemeyer Games always puts out fantastic stuff and uh this was another really great game it, it, as far as gameplay goes 
but I just didn't feel like it surpassed a lot of the games that I enjoy, in my opinion. But production value and, and the way that the game plays was very, very well done. So I like Scythe, and um, it's going to hit my table, you know, like I said, maybe once every three months. I know I'm late to the game with this one, haha, <laughs> late to the game, but uh, I just feel like y- you just can't always jump on the bandwagon just because the hype's out there. The hype is out there because of the mechs, the miniatures, and and I just think y- you really got to know how the game plays before you get super excited about it. And so um, this one, yeah, it was really good. I'm glad I didn't back it as a ki- uh, the Kickstarter. I'm glad I didn't buy it when it came out for 80 bucks. I'm glad it hit my table for 50 bucks. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm not even considering any expansions for the game. It's good enough as it is, and I won't play it frequently enough that I want to add the expansions. Maybe I'll want to add those other two factions, but... Uh, I know I'm never going to play it with seven players. We did play it with five players, and that was super fun. More than anything out of the game, I got uh, intensity, anxiety, and stress. I knew what I wanted to do on my turn, and I couldn't wait for it to come back to me. Uh, That happens with Viticulture, too, for me. I wonder if it's Stonemaier Games in general. (laughs) But in any case, um, I just got a lot of stress and anxiety while playing the game. Doesn't mean I didn't have fun, but, um, you know, I've got to be ready for that kind of tension level if I'm going to play Scythe again. So that was Scythe. I really liked it. I didn't think it was extraordinary, but it's a really solid game. And so you guys already have your opinions of it. And I believe there's usually only two camps. I feel like I'm that middle kind of camp that doesn't really exist too often. I feel people either love this game or they hate it. Uh, But I'm right in the middle on it. I like it a lot. I think it played really well. It's going to hit my table again, just not that frequently. So if you haven't checked out Scythe yet, which most of you have, like I said, I'm the late one to the game. Most of you have. If you haven't, check it out. It's a really good game. That's it for now. Check you later. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skifstad watching my daughter, Caroline. So she might be uh, making some noise here. Uh, But what I want to talk to you about is a game that was just re-released by Osprey Games. It's about 18 years old. Originally, it was an Eagle Griffin Games. And it is called High Society. High Society is a bidding uh, game trying to take some members of High Society and add them to your tableau of cards in front of you. They are listed numbers 1 through 10. So obviously 10 is the highest. 1 is the lowest. 1 is not very valuable at the end of the game. But if you can combine it with like a 8 or a 9, maybe it just might put you over the edge. These cards are going to be coming out one by one. And you're going to have a hand of money, each player with their own color money. And you're going to be laying down cards, starting with maybe a 5. And then somebody, if they want to stay in the round and bid on a character of High Society, they might bid a 8. And then you just keep going around until uh, people start passing out of the round and leave you with that member of high society hopefully it's a valuable player or a member of high society a valuable number 
Um, if you do get that play, uh, high society character, you will then lose that money and you will not be able to play with it for the rest of the round. You'll be able to use the money you have left in your hand. Be careful, though, because even if you have the most points at the end of the game, the player with the lowest amount of money cannot win because you are not a member of high society if you do not have money. So you want to have the most points in front of you, but you still want to have money because if you have the lowest, you're automatically out of the game. There are other cards that come out in the game, too, uh, such as like a faux pas card and a faux pas card is going to make you subtract one of your members of high society or a future member of high society if you don't already own one and you'll be bidding not to take it. The first person who passes gets to take their money back if they put any down. Everybody else loses their money because they were bidding not to take it. There's another card that halves your score. Um, I think it's called uh, Disrespect or something like that. Um, and anyways, the, if, you, if you pull that card, again, you're bidding not to take it. And there's several other cards that you're bidding not to take that can be detrimental. There are also multiplier cards that will multiply your score by two, uh, two times your score. You can have more than one of those cards, so you could have up to multiples of uh, uh, multiply your score by six. Nobody's going to let you have those, though. Uh, there are four green cards in the game, the three multipliers and the one um, disrespect card. When that fourth card, green card, is drawn, the game ends immediately, and... Um, that's basically it. You don't bid on that fourth green card, whether it's the good one or the bad one. So whatever the case may be, game ends. Whoever has the most money uh, and the most high society members, points value-wise, is the winner of the game. Phenomenal game. Super simple, super entry-level, super gateway, but it has so much thinkiness to it. Uh, you watch people as they play cards and they draw them back into their hands and then you can remember what they have for future rounds. Oh, somebody played a 25. Somebody played a 10 and a 1. So I know what they can outbid me with. But they also have seen all my cards. They know I only have two cards in my hand and I've shown them twice now. I've shown them that I have the 15 and the 10 left. So they know how high they need to go to outbid me on cards. It is phenomenal. Absolutely love this game. It plays with one to five players. It shines with five. Honestly, you can play it with four and three. Uh, I, excuse me, I said one to five. It plays, it plays, I think, three to five. Um, so it shines with five, though. It's absolutely gorgeous. The work that Osprey Games does on artwork is always exceptional. Absolutely love this game. And the price point is just about right with the beautiful cards. Um, it's about 20 bucks, the beautiful artwork. Absolutely love this game. The it's it's a light filler with a lot of thinkiness. Everybody walks away having a good time for the most part. I say everybody, everybody I've played with. I think you're gonna like it too. Check out High Society by Osprey Games, and that's it for now. Check us out at theologyofgames.com and check you later. Hey everyone, Jeremiah here with Board Games Daily, brought to you by Theology of Games. And I'm going to talk about the games, well, a game that I played over the weekend, and that game is Dungeon Raiders. So Dungeon Raiders is actually, this is a re-release from Devere Games, and they did, uh, they did this game, gosh, probably eight or nine years ago. They signed it from another publisher, and they distributed it in the U.S. I don't know, this whole story to the, the whole thing. But here's the thing with this game. Uh, they, the original game, I really, really enjoyed. I've reviewed it. I believe you can go check it out on Theology of Games. Just search in Dungeon Raiders. It'll come up. I really enjoyed the first game. We've had a blast with it. We've played it a ton. 
uh, including, you know, with my family, with gamers. It works on a lot of different levels. But there was just a few things about it that were clunky and just could have been improved, like player elimination and the game setup and just some component things like tracking how much money you have. So there were some things that definitely needed improved. And with the second edition, it's been all of those things have gone away. This game plays so great now. It's just amazing. It's fun. The artwork's been redone. It's a lot of fun. Um, the Basically, I'll tell you a little bit about how the game works. The game plays in five different rounds, which are levels of a dungeon, and each dungeon has five cards. Some of those cards, you know what's going to come up because some of them are face up, some of them are face down, so you don't know. But you're all sort of working together. Like there will be a dragon in a room and you all have to play one of your power cards. Everybody has five cards. That's all that there is. There's just one through five. There's some special cards you can gain, but uh, you have to play a card and the total cards played have to be enough to defeat the monster, whether it's a dragon or skeleton or whatever. If you don't defeat the monster, but you played the lowest card, you're the one that takes the damage. So, the other thing is there's treasure rooms and the, whoever plays the highest card in there gets all the treasure. So there's this whole back and forth of I want to hold on to my high cards, but if I play too low of a card, I'm going to take wounds. But if I play all my high cards, I won't get treasure. It's, it's an amazing interactive back and forth type of game. Uh, I really, really enjoy this game. And you... If you want a game that plays in 20, 30 minutes, has lots of little meta game and sideways stairs, this is the one to do it. Check it out. It's uh, Dungeon Raiders from Devere Games. I'm Jeremiah Isley with Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. Hey everyone, Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. So couple things to talk about first quickly uh aj talked about the new release of high society reiner knizia's high society and i just want to echo his thoughts on that it was uh i talk i've talked before about the game that brought me into this hobby was goa i went to a game night at a board game store something that was completely unique to me something i would not normally do i'm mostly an extrovert or excuse me introvert introvert so going to a board game store with playing games with strangers was like, what? My wife thought, you are an insane person. But I did it. And that night we played Goa, which is kind of the thing that went, oh. But the first thing we played while we were waiting for other people to, to get there was High Society. Again, I had never played anything like these before. So I sit down and play High Society and fell in love with it. It, it takes 15 minutes. There's tons to think about. It's newbie-friendly. And the twist, I mean, Reiner Knizia loves having twists in his scoring. And the twist that you can have the most points, but if you have the least money, you lose, is so great. So, I love that it's back in print. Osprey Games version looks great. So, pick up High Society if you get a chance. It is a terrific, fun game. So, but what I played this weekend was um, Legends of Andor with my 10-year-old. Now... AJ has talked about this a ton, and he uh, he loves this game, and it was kind of off my radar because, I, honestly, I have a lot of kind of dungeon-crawly type of games, but uh, a local gamer down in Denver wanted to do a big game swap with me, 
And so we were kind of haggling back and forth on, well, I'll add this and I'll subtract this and how about this? And he wanted one more game and I was looking over his stuff and he had Legends of Andor and I was like, well, okay, whatever. I'll throw that on there. And uh, being able to do a face-to-face trade was so much more economically feasible because you didn't have to pay shipping. So I thought, I'm, I'm willing to wheel and deal here and give things a shot, especially for things that I haven't been playing. So picked up Legends of Andor in it and um, among all the games that, that we got, that's the one my 10-year-old was really excited to play. So he loves co-op games and he loves dungeon crawlers. So we played uh, about, I'm guessing, three quarters of Legend 1 last night and just had a blast. It's really great. The The mechanics are, are pretty good. There are a couple of questions that I had that I was just a little unclear on and the way, uh, do I read that card now? Do I read that card later? I'm totally unclear about some of these things. But the gameplay itself was really fun and he had a blast and in fact was bummed that he had to go to bed and we couldn't finish that Legend. So... I fully anticipate us finishing it this evening, and uh, I, I'm already looking at getting some expansions because it's a super fun game, and so thanks to AJ for giving me the heads up on that, and that is what I played this weekend, Legends of Andor. So, big thumbs up for that, and High Society, pick them up. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.